0: Police Nation Trade Deadline Day Edition. Brent Cunning, Gord Stellick in our radio sweat lodge. And joining us now in a wonderful brown three-piece suit. Who? I mean, I think Deb Berman. But whoever yeah. picked that out, good, good job. You look great. Colby yeah. Armstrong joining us now. Colby, how's it going, bud?
1: Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is Deb Berman. This is one of my leftover suits from... Uh pre-pandemic so I it was still little, fits yeah it, i know, know i know no, it's uh it, it does fit fairly well so i'm thinking i'm stealing this out of here when i leave right that's the <laughs> that's the move you hit up deb berman's little room there and you steal all her suits if you yeah, can miss that room
2: I, yeah. remember, I, remember I took one of doug mcclain's ties <laughs> and he yeah. knew it yeah because whatever and he knew you picked it through it hey
3: you yeah. pick
1: through it good seeing you guys though thanks yeah. for having me it's cool to be back i haven't been in the new studios here also it's uh Amazing what they've done to it. So being all in one building here, it's been pretty cool to be back and check all this all the stuff out. Of course, on trade deadline.
2: Now you're on the you're on the players panel. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, we're on the players panel with PJ. You played? played? Yeah, I did a long time ago. PJ (laughs) did too, and. (laughs) Jamal Mares, who I played with at World Championships, we won a gold medal together in 2007 in Moscow for Team Canada, which was my first time playing for Team Canada. Really cool. I haven't seen him in forever, so it was funny sharing stories of how he was trying to beat me up one game when I was with the Thrashers a few years after. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I'm staying away from this guy. Uh, You know, and Anthony Stewart there, of course, with Carolyn Cameron. So we have a fun little side set. Uh, swapping stories of, uh, you know, packing up and moving along like everyone else has in this game pretty much. So, um, yeah, it's a trade deadline. This is what you do. This is what we see. This is what we get guys on and, uh, you know, see where they're
0: headed and what teams are beefing up right now. My my favorite thing to wonder is how you guys manage to take those stories from the ones you're telling to each other <laughs> yeah. and then actually get to tell it on TV. Cause yeah. Some tell me those yeah. stories are a little different. Some tells me Cameron's doing some editorializing. Yeah, I will there. tell you this. And, you
1: know, Gordy, you know, like... <laughs> The more there's, there's pretty good stories when we're not on the air of some <laughs> of the stuff with those guys. So it's been, it's been pretty fun. And I, you know, I just got off, uh, I got to sit on the main panel with, uh, oh, look yeah, at you. I got to get up on there. It was pretty fun, you know, chopping up some hockey talk and trade talk and of course leaf talk, uh, with what they're doing, uh, on the main panel. So I kind of been bouncing around. So it's my turn here now, come up and do it with you guys. There we
0: go. There we go. You
2: know, you know what I like to, about when when I worked with the team, I know it was a long time ago, but still, I'd love to get... I always like getting players' take on traits, right? Yeah. Like, in that just because the players are on the ice, and they pick up things that the average, you know, stats and all that. And, of course, back then, there weren't cap implications. Now, cap implications come into it. But just curious, like, you're looking at it, and you go, man, like, what's happened the last four or five days? I really, I really like this particular guy. Do you have one or two of those? Well, I... <laughs> I know I, we
1: were on air, and uh, Kevin said that he's unsure if Minnesota is going to make the playoffs. And of course, they're like in a little bit of a dog fight. I think Nashville's right there, and one other team are kind of right there with Dallas, them. Yeah. Dallas, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, they're they're in a tough spot, but they go get Flurry today. I mean, amazing. Kakanen's out of there, so it's Talbot and Flurry. Uh, they go get Delorier who I think Delorier for me is a guy that is kind of like your prototypical kind of add to a lot of teams. He beefs you up. He's in the depths of your lineup. He's uh, he can, you know, play up and down. He can kill some penalties. I think he's had a emerging role in Anaheim and I think gained some confidence, you know, statistically with his, with his stats. Middleton and Yost, who they picked up as well. So, you know, you see a team kind of on the bubble. What's going to happen with them and what Billy G's done, I think, in Minnesota, I... I mean, it's been it's been pretty good. Of course, all the top teams that are in the, you know, conversation bubble of Stanley Cup, they've all kind of made their major marks, Florida being probably the most. But uh, I look at, at Minnesota, I guess if you're in a dogfight, you want to make it and you see potential in your group and you see fits that work good. I think Yost, a good depth pick. Yeah, you know, Delorier, good depth pick up with some personality too. And then Flurry, I mean, ultimate teammate, uh, can win you big games and knows what it takes to, you know, be there with Talbot
0: as well. I think it's, it's pretty big moves for them today. I don't. I don't know that people realize what Nick DeLoria is. I think everyone realizes how strong he is and yeah. how much he could beat people up. I. I. My buddy sent me all the fights every morning too. I oh, love yeah. to watch him. The guy's a player too, though. Yeah. He is not just there simply to you know be 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 a pugilist. He's going to kill penalties for you. He's going to make your team a little better. You know, in terms of the flurry move, there is always a question about adding a goalie at mm-hmm. the deadline. I understand the position the Wild are in, and you know the Leafs are kind of in the exact same yeah. one there. What's it like for a for a team? You know, a goaltender's kind of on his own. You get a you get a forward in. He's got his line yeah. mates. You're thickest thieves in there. It's a D. You got his partner with them. The goaltenders are. I mean, they're a different breed to begin with. Then you bring a guy in here at, at the deadline. What's it well, like for you, a team working that? Did you
1: in? think like? Minnesota was even on the radar. It was like Leafs. It was, it was Colorado. Oh, i was shocked. And then all of a sudden, Billy G kind of goes, hey, buddy, remember 2009? We won a cup <laughs> together in Pittsburgh. Why don't you come play for me? I need some help there. So they, they make something work. Um, and, you know, in talking about goaltending, I think Carolina, f- for sure, right now, and speaking of an old Leafs goaltender, they make the little swap there. And Freddie Anderson, what he's been able to do in tandem with his partner there has been, um, you know, rock solid. So it, it's... Obviously, you know, you talk to different people, like the most important position to have and uh, can win you games and win you big games and keep you in games when you need to be. I think having... You know, quality goaltending is, is, a, is a massive. So, like, what are the Leafs going to do or, or yeah. what, what's going to happen? Who's out there? Um, I'm sure a lot of Leaf fans probably looking at that flurry trade to Minnesota going, man, I wish we could have had that. Probably just it kind of puts you over the top. And I know I talked to Rod Brindamore at, at the All Star game about it and what, you know, what the addition of uh, Freddie has been and like having that big horse, right? And it's changed their team. You know, it's changed their team. And they've been quiet today, hey? Like they're they're not doing anything and leading up to like Gordy, like all these teams and they're in that bubble of conversation for sure, right? Like just in the east, let's just look at that, right? It's like Florida, Tampa, all these teams kinda you know, went crazy. Like they're going for it, hundred percent. You know, they're getting their guys and they're sitting quiet. And I think they're pretty happy with their team. They're pretty happy with their group. I think uh and and the, you know because Freddie Anderson is such a you know X factor for them, I think they believe that, so they're I think they're feeling pretty good.
2: You know, Brian Lawton ch- chatting with him earlier. I know he's part of our, our coverage yep. here, but he just mentioned like trade deadline. Like, what about and you Chicago is an example that you just upset the apple cart and you throw say DeBrincat's available, yeah. and all of a sudden every team has to go shoot. We got to make it's going to be a real hockey trade now. You yeah. know what I mean? You yep. get a whack of futures now, and and all of a sudden you call Carolina and they go. Holy mackerel, we got to think of that because if he's really in play, he's going to, if he goes in the What's East. What's it going to take, right? Yeah, you yeah. know, and I, I just, I wonder if there's one or two GMs thinking, like like Kevin Day off in Winnipeg, all of a sudden just got, boom, big names. Yeah, big, big names, you know, and just, and, and you kind of raise your eyebrows. Wow, you got to start thinking at the 11th hour.
1: Yeah, it is, and it's interesting seeing some teams, uh, you know, start of the year. Like for me, I cover Pittsburgh in, in, in you know, the Penguins in Pittsburgh, and, um, you know, I didn't think, I don't know about you, but, start the year no Gino no Sid uh this oh, might know. be it they might this might be Hex he's coming in Hexdahl's got to make some decisions with the team they've got expiring Burke, they contract Burke. oh Berkey's yeah, there yeah yeah yeah, yeah Berkey's of course there yeah he, he, they brought him in as well like but there's some big decisions right like yeah. contracts to be signed negotiated what's going to happen what's this team going to look like are we going to make the playoffs and so this team's put them in a pretty darn good position so yeah you you know you think about you know needs wants what it looks like or selling off or where you're at. Some of these teams I think are like you know up until even right now like the final hours or wherever we're at two hours left just under. You know what what are you going to do? What are we and are we in a position to maybe float some of these guys like say you know brinkett or you know the Jets floating some of these guys or some of the names been out there. Berkey just said that uh, John Marino. Uh, There's been a rumor about him and he probably got to put that to bed. Uh, Obviously a good young player for them. I think having a little bit of an underwhelming season, but, I think there's always kind of the game of that, right? Yeah. Like you kind of just get the name out there. You ever do that,
2: Gordy? You ever oh, have back anything? back then, yeah, yet? all yeah. the time. You knew it all the time. You just yeah. opened the window yeah. on Bay Street. Don't yeah. like, hey, this guy's <laughs> yeah. available. Because yeah. there, there was no internet back <laughs> yeah. then, so that was trouble. The fax machine
1: and, just went crazy, right? That was right? done
2: all the time, and you, test the, and, and you put pressure on the other side because back then, only. Well, were you ever, more hands Let hands-on. me ask
1: you, did you ever, because everyone was big into papers and like certain yeah. things, and there's big main writers. Did you ever just say, hey... This guy is right here, like
2: right. And did near. you do the click like that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't do the click. Little <laughs> winky, winky. Ne- never quite to that level. Yeah, no. Never, but you, but you liked it. You kind of sometimes like you'd kid about, it and they'd say, "They go, well, keep it going." Yeah. yeah, you know that sounds good if New York's asking about yeah. you. But uh, yeah, it's it, and the agents do that a lot now. Yeah, as you yeah. Know. That's what they want to get their guy to a better situation. But uh,
1: I think that happens a lot, right? Like the kind oh, yeah. of back channeling of uh, conversations that happen behind the scenes. So. Yeah, it's just I I can say at least for a player, it's 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 stressful if you're on a you know a bubble team. Uh, what's going to happen? Where am I going to go? Or you know, can I get out of here and go to a contender? Like, trust me, not everyone's like crying the blues when yeah. they get traded. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it's an interesting time of the year. This you know, especially you know the week here leading up to it. But you know, a lot of teams get their business done early. Like I think like the Tefoli pickup a while ago by Calgary is just like the most like I think of fit. For guys? Yeah. And that's like a really good fit, right? right? Like good style of play. Sutter knows him. He knows Sutter. Like the system like fits him. He's he's contributing. But you never know, right? You never know. And I remember wanting to get traded out of Atlanta when I was there um and I was thinking okay where could I go like it'd be it'd be nice you know it'd be nice to go to a team that's gonna win uh if there's any interest in talking to my agent and I remember they always said like the grass isn't always greener on the other mm. side buddy like you know you're, you're having a good year like you're producing like it's not so bad and you go somewhere it doesn't work out and it's a failure it's hard on you so all that stuff is all in the Conversations, players, agents,
0: teams—everything's mm. happening. So it's funny. I mean, I'm, I imagine you back in the day, you're you're opening your flip phone, or I don't know where you're chiseling on the I tablet. The flip I don't phone, know yeah. what it was, but and. I, I imagine it would be – I don't know if it's if it's easier back then. You would text your agent and, okay, or call your agent and say, here's what it is. Whereas now, I, I have to imagine – I don't think this is every guy, but I imagine there are guys sitting around in the league, sitting there just like we are. Give me the trades. I, yeah. I want to see what's it's happening. It's so
1: overwhelming, I feel now, with everything, like, at mm-hmm. your fingertips. I feel – you know, when I got traded, my mom called me on my flip phone. <laughs> I was pregame <laughs> napping and told me I got traded. Like, you know, there was internet and Back stuff, and that was starting to, to come up. No, I was like sh- alarmed. I was shocked. <laughs> I was devastated too. I was going from. Wait, you know, your mom told you? you got My trading? mom told me I got traded. Called me, and it was at like three o five Eastern time. I sleep from two to four. We we're playing the Islanders that night, and dummy me had no clue that I could. You know, something could possibly. I was sleep like a baby, Gordy. So. <laughs> Yeah, my mom said, yeah, I saw it on TV, you got traded, and I said, oh, I was, I was freaking out a little bit, and I said, where? And she said, oh, my boy, and I, I knew right away, I was like, Atlanta, I could just tell by the, <laughs> oh, my boy, you're not going to like this, so that was my story before I even heard from, you know, Ray Shiro and the Penguins, so... I imagine the, I think back to the old days and you hear all the great stories, guys on the golf course and, you know, the clubhouse is like, hey, we got a call. Like, how do you track guys down? <laughs> they, they call 10 people to find out he's golfing and then they call the clubhouse. Gordy, I'm sure you were part of, like, some of these cool moment, like, story trades where yeah. it was so different, right? It was so hard to get a whole, pay phones, the whole deal,
2: right? Well, it's, and one guy I talked to was uh, Joe Carter. About like when he got the trade to Toronto, great trade for the Toronto Blue Jays, started, right? Okay. And, yeah. But he, he just said he was at a like he, he said he went from Cleveland to San Diego, and he goes, <laughs> actually, I played one year and I signed a new three-year contract with San Diego. Yeah, and he said I was in a golf tournament, and uh, so all of a sudden, you know, pulling they were pulling up, and the guy and the kid who takes your club said, "Oh, Padres, they made they made a trade today, huh?" <laughs> and he goes. Well, who they oh, And The kid looked at the card. He goes, "I think you." No <laughs> I, yeah, way. There's a name there. <laughs> I think you were in the trade. So I mean, yeah, that that's was a said, great old not, time like, story. Not, I mean, not able to track the guy down on like someone would have to drive out on the golf all course. Those charity things
1: are are wild. Jared Stoll from Saskatoon used to throw his Jared Stoll golf tournament. And he'd have all his buddies come in. It was crazy, like all these great guys and, you know, Oilers and then eventually some Kings guys. And it was really cool coming into the little old Saskatoon and all these <laughs> NHL guys there. But it was always, like, it linked up with the draft. So, right. of course, like, there's action at the draft. Oh, so you've yeah. got, like, 25 guys there that are, like, watching the draft with, like, people that are paying to golf with you and hang out with you. <laughs> and any time, like, one of your names could be called in a – we yeah. have a trade to announce. So it's always kind of stressful on those certain events or certain days like around this time where things can go down. But I, I personally, Gordy, I love those old time stories. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think Brett Hall heard when he was golfing one time and he said, I'll call him later. I'm not <laughs> I'm not talking to him. Like, there's a great old story about, you know, some of these trades and guys trying to dodge the calls or not yeah. answer or, um yeah, it's a business, though, right?
0: That's the business. Yeah, we heard. Uh, I heard Anthony Stewart this morning. He was saying his move every time around deadline day. Long, long nap, turn off the phone, and maybe yeah. they'll change their mind yeah. if they can't get to you. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it works out that way. I don't think so. Uh, always love uh, Stewie, just like we love getting you on right now. Uh, Colby Armstrong joining myself, Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick here. Leafs Nation trade deadline edition. You should probably talk about the trade deadline yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, a ton of focus on the Leafs. Tons of teams have loaded up. The team that hasn't, and we all thought they would, Colorado Avalanche. You, mm-hmm. They have made moves. Yoast out. They've they've done little things here. We know they were in play for Giroux, and Giroux ultimately chose yeah. to to go elsewhere. Are you surprised they haven't? They get Manson too. That's right. You're right. You're right. They Can got
1: Manson, who I think a you know a good move for them as well. But uh, you know, I, I I mean, I still think like the goaltending spot for them. And I think you know, you talk about you know the Flurry deal. Like mm-hmm. I wonder what happened there because I could see that even you know last year. When he was out of getting out of uh you know the golden Knights mm-hmm. situation, they are getting him out of there, and I thought Colorado would have just been perfect for them right for, yeah. to make that work and of course he's got what he's up after this year too so yeah. Yeah. it's a it would have been a a good situation for them, but uh I always thought that like that. That's kind of what they needed. I know they went and got Kemper, and it was like you know he's a good goaltender. He's from Saskatoon too. Shall, you know, so you know he's good. Yeah, I know he's obviously really good. But <laughs> <laughs> but I think you know it was kind of like a. a I, I feel like um you know they got him. He's available. Good to get him. But like it's kind of like is it was it enough for how good we are? Well, uh so yeah. you know. But I I you know look at look at the Leafs. I, the big question too is like style of play, and do you have enough? And I think the goaltending, you know, question mark is big, and then I think just style of play is big, right? In the playoffs, and is it is are they doing? Is it going to be enough? Is Giordano going to be enough? Is Blackwell going to be enough of that kind of sandpapery look that they're needing? But um, yeah, this is it. This is like there's a lot of heat, I think, on Dubis, right? Like I think this is a big year. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, with the, yeah.
1: with that. So yeah, lots of writing on on. You know the remaining hours here and what's going to happen or if they're happy with where they're at
2: well, I was wondering just the Toronto side because you're you've been with teams yeah. that have had playoff success to say the least, and that and just to that point is and it's like you know you mentioned Florida you know not having not having had playoff success yeah. what a hell of a series they had last year though yeah. that was the best series to watch unbelievable right? Toronto just hasn't even played well in the playoffs no. like that 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 that's the point about it like about so it's great, we keep talking about game number Is it play
1: well or is it like can they play that game?
2: Yeah, I don't... Well, I, yeah. Like,
1: point, and I've been saying this... Like, you you, an- you, we're, hey, we're asking... You answer that question. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if they can. Like, I think this is their idea, right? So, every team, right? Every GM, every team they build, you know, you have your personnel, how you're going to play, what's our idea, what's going to work for us, and this is the Leafs' idea to play this puck possession, you know, hang on to pucks, don't dump it in, we're not going to grind, we just, we're going to... You know, we're dangerous, we can score, but it's like... Does it work? Is it going to work? Is it the recipe that will win? And what are we now? What year are we in this, you know? Oh, know. What was it, the Shanna plan? Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, this and it was that. And it's like, okay, like maybe the idea isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot is obviously riding on the idea of the way this team's built and can they get it done when it most matters? Because there's no doubt they're they a damn good team. You know, they got unbelievable players, but it's, you know, getting it done when it matters. It's like us in media taking calculus. At some yeah. point, you're just not going to yeah. pass it. <laughs> yeah. it just Your teacher's going to come yeah. to you and go, hey, Gord, yeah. like, we do not recommend you take that grade 12, uh, you know, biology <laughs> course. You're good, yeah, For you're me, that was you're good old. at a
0: grade 11. For me, that was the first minute of the yeah. class. Like, yeah. Yeah, there's smoke coming <laughs> out of your ear. Stop, stop. You're going to set yeah, up. What up equation it. is this? Yeah, yeah I, don't, I So, can one or two players change that? Like, we were talking about Delorier, yeah. uh, the Ducks move him and, you know, who knows if he could have been in play or the Leafs were involved, whatever, but that feels like exactly the type of guy we're talking about that can change that. But I don't know that one guy on your fourth line, I don't don't want to take away from that. It feels to me like this is what we always talk about. You need Matthews to be that guy. You need Tavares. And And he has, I feel. He has. I don't want to take that away from him. Oh, I feel
1: like Matthews, the one thing that I, you know, if you could critique a guy that good was like his ability to use his body. Mm -hmm. Big guy, like, you know, he reaches, he's kind of like just reaches, picks pucks out. Like, he's really good at stripping guys on pucks, but like, he never really has like asserted himself like physically to use his body, like a big body guy like a Matt Sundin would use his body right in the past. Uh, And I think we've seen him kind of find that, not only like that, like hard nosed kind of game that he can provide, but using his body in certain ways to be like a massive difference maker. Uh, Skill shooting, everything top notch, but... You're right. I think, you know, when he has found that this year and I think confidently built on like using his body and being that presence and that huge game changing force, it'll be interesting to see like the kind of difference that he can drag out of this team into the playoffs. Cause there's, yeah, no question he's, he's, he's all time, right? Like he's mm-hmm. one of the best to do it right now at this young age. But, he's elevated it. He's found like another gear with, you know, another dimension of his game, which I think, you know, it can be very contagious. But I look at like personality, right? Like if you have a you have this team, it's all set up, and you're looking to add some things. Like I think for the Leafs like having adding people with like a, that personality, we call it presence too, but like it's just a different flavor mm-hmm. that's there to give it a little extra feel or presence. Um I think can be important for some of these, you know, higher end teams, right? Um I think they're all kind of looking to try to do that. So I think Delorier, I mean, that was a. I think that was a guy that a lot of teams were looking at. What was he a third? He gave up a third round pick for him. Yeah, in Minnesota.
0: You know, you you obviously played with a guy. You you talk about Matthews just putting the team on his back and being yeah. that guy. What's it? You you played with Crosby. He's he's maybe the best recently to be that guy. What is it like when you're involved in a room and you like? I don't think the guys sit there and go, "We can take it easy tonight. We got Matthews." But no. I imagine it gives you the opposite. It goes, "We got to match his level. Yeah. We got to give him something." Well,
1: that's the uh, like great story about Sid. Like the way he practices, the way he's you know prepared. He comes in. He's 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 on a mission. You know. And if you don't, if you're if you're in his way, he'll you, barrel you over, <laughs> even if you're on his team. Yeah. I mean, practices are are high end. Uh, if you're not caught up, you're you're left behind, and that's the way he approached it. So it's kind of like a natural buy-in for guys, and that's the culture. You mm-hmm. know, that's the culture. So even this year, like, did we think the Penguins would make the playoffs this year? No, Gino, no sit at the start. What was going to happen? Hextall and those guys brought in, and maybe do a rebuild and get this all. You know, here they are again in the conversation, Always. and I think it's just because of that culture and that core group that they have that kind of drags people into it and pulls people along and uh, just a way to play, you know, an elevated-style playoff-type hockey. Mm -hmm. And understanding, like, it's a grind, right? Like, it's, it's a haul. I think Sid's gotten really good, too, at, like, managing a season. Like yeah. he can produce, he can win games, and, and he knows when it's important and he knows when the schedule gets to that hard spot and he can dial it in. He knows when it's like, okay, maybe our depth scoring can take care of this a little bit. <laughs> I kind of get the feeling of that, right? Like he's at a level in his career where he can feel that. So um, it's been really fun, though, watching Matthews kind of, you know, develop that that big body, I would say, you know, potential like power forward type of scoring skill overall game. It's been really fun to watch
2: funny pittsburgh uh kind of like toronto rolling the dice with jack campbell and with tristan Jarry. that Uh took that took big onions because he was he had a tough playoff man and and good on him the way he's bounced back he's been
1: unbelievable there and you're right like the the pressure was on him over the off season like they were they were putting it pretty hard to the penguins that they needed to make a move at goaltending and all they did was bring in andy kyoto local toronto guy who i played with (laughs) in the minors to be the new goaltending coach they switched the goaltending coach that was it uh, and a credit to to Jari because he's come back. Like you know, you watch a young guy, and we've seen it right. Flurry leaves, Murray takes over. Murray was fighting for the net with Flurry for so long, you know. There they were kind of battling, and you know, and so you're never really the guy, and then you become the guy, and it's hard. I think it's hard mentally to wrap your head around being the horse to carry those games, and you know the pressure of being the guy as well. And I think this year he's come in in that role, huge devastation in the playoffs you know puck playing mistake and it's just like it was a failure and he's come in and like just strung like consistency has been the one thing that i can think of with his game he's just calm poised consistent and he's been an absolute rock for them so yeah a huge turnaround and you know kind of quelled the concerns in the goaltending position for them and uh i think that's all on on Tristan right like that's mm-hmm. that's mental mental battle level and an approach to get ready for a season after that do
0: you think do you think a team has any more confidence <coughs> with the guy versus a tandem that's giving you stops like I'd imagine you have yeah. to feel better about it if you've got you know pick your guy well, that's guys why here. I think yeah. of Carolina it's yeah. like they've always been a tandem mm-hmm. kind of
1: you know tandem goaltending team where they've relied on two guys mm-hmm. and it's always like is this going to work this is weird right and you know, what, what's, what's the analytics on that? Like, is it, is, it, is it the tandems you have to play? You know, you have to split time down the... I don't know. I have exam. to be honest. This is the first time I've heard someone with such confidence ask Gord Stellick yeah. about the analytics yeah. of something.
2: Oh, well, well, and goaltending. Well, I think different it's different what's the splits yeah. on
1: games because Jari's games are getting up there, you know. They're going to have to rely on Casey Smith, who's been trying to find his game through the early part of the season. So, I think it's important to have... I think you've got to have a number one guy. I think you've mm-hmm. got to have your guy... I think he's got to wear m- bulk of the games. You need your certain amount of starts and wins out of, out of your backup, but you got to have your guy. And I think Carolina's a perfect example, right? They got their guy. They have a horse. They do have a good backup, too, still. Like, he's pretty, really good. And, you know, so now you have a good tandem, but you have your guy that's a difference maker.
2: And, well, that, and that was the thinking here, right? Yep, with,
0: yeah. With Peter Maracic, but just, uh Yeah, you want to have that You want to have that 1A and 1B. Yeah. It's nice to have a 1B, but you want to have the 1A yeah. in front of it. Yeah. Uh, Colby, we love just slumming it up here with us. Yeah. We've been told <laughs> you got to go back to TV. You guys got to get some air Big conditioning. Oh, I know. I know, I know. This is it's a radio ridiculous. sweat lodge in here. I know. Yeah. Yeah. You're wearing like a wool three-piece. I'm wearing PC. a burlap sack. <laughs> you, were, you were worried about if it was going to fit before. No worries oh, about yeah, that no, now. got yeah, no, the UFC sweat out. Colby, thanks so much. All right, guys. appreciate it. Thanks, fun on the side. Thanks, Gordy. Thanks, Colby. Uh, there he is, Colby Armstrong. Uh, if you if you want more of him, and why wouldn't you? get over to a television right now because Colby is uh, minutes away from giving more analysis. Uh, We're stealing TV guests all day long. We just had a wonderful goaltending conversation. I think, uh, no offense, I think the next one's going to be a little better. Kelly Rudy is going to join us next. Uh, The trade deadline edition of Leafs Nation continues right here on Sportsnet 590 The Fan.
1: Breaking down the top stories in
0: hockey and Elliot Friedman every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Leafs Nation trade deadline edition, Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick alongside me, walking you through what is, let's be honest, hopefully a little more of exciting of a deadline day. We got our big moves yesterday, of course, in Leafland. Mark Giordano joining the team coming from the Seattle Kraken, Colin Blackwell as well. And we have made a big acquisition for, for at least the next half hour. We, we own his time for the next 20 minutes or so. Our buddy, your pal as well, Kelly Rudy. I've
3: never met you before, but you're my know, friend. Nice. you come on my show? Nice to meet you. Holy cow, Gord! Nice to see you. Nice it's to see you. Smoking hot. In well, here. I was gonna say you should take i it I'm us. going to. Because you see, the,
2: the thermostat is just a prop. Okay, so that's it. But and you look at my body. I'm okay with this, uh, uh, uh,
3: but I could use it. But our uh, TV studio is freezing. Yeah. So this is a nice change. And for some reason, I can't get my jacket <laughs> over my cufflink. That's must be cou- a good cufflink. Yeah, I was gonna kind say of that's good. Are they? They're very sharp-looking. L.A. Kings. Silver oh, yeah. looking. Sportsnet. <laughs> yeah, because I like to live in the past. <laughs> everything I have, my pajamas and everything, all LA Kings.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, Kelly, you mentioned it. You're down there on the TV side of things. Uh, how, how's it going? Fun deadline, uh, as always. You know, moves are starting to trickle in. Right. Uh, unfortunately, these teams, they never they never learn. We would like them to wait until today. Just today. I, I love uh, a Leafs trade any day, except okay. in the two or three days leading up to the deadline. Okay. We've got stuff to talk about today. So, what would you think of Giordano, then? I I like it i think it's a good move you know you look at the prices that are paid elsewhere shirak mm-hmm. commands a first rounder plus yeah. the fact that you don't have to throw in any of your top prospects the fact that you don't have to include your first round pick hey two seconds is nothing to sneeze at but neither is yeah. mark giordano I, I really like it well what's your impression of same i
3: was lucky uh you guys to follow mark for so many years of in calgary course. right and uh, the one thing that uh, i've always admired about him is that he starts the game on time, and I know that's a cliche, but it is an important factor. And so well,
0: uh, how, we've heard that before in this market, right? Yeah,
3: can you imagine, <laughs> right? So he is a guy that really understands, uh, you know, the importance of warm up, making sure you're ready to go at the uh, opening face off. And I think that Leaf fans will will really start to enjoy him right away. And now I'm assuming he's going to be with his longtime partner in Calgary, T.J. Brody, and hopefully they can find that same magic. There was a time. Uh, I'm going to say six, seven years ago, mm-hmm. where I thought they are the best pairing in the league. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, I don't know if they can get to that same standard. Mark's just a little bit older. But nonetheless, I think that that could be a real nice fit for them. So
2: most uh, Norris Trophy are guys' second overall picks like Victor Hedman or Drew yeah. Doughty. Um, they're in their 20s when they win it. Giordano's not drafted. Yeah. And then later in his career, he wins the Norris Trophy. So yeah. talk, I mean, that that kind of... That, that kind of improvement, maybe Char was a little bit like that, but again, yeah. it was in his 20s. Yeah. Like, like What did you see that how he was able to grow and evolve to that level?
3: Well, he had uh, the wherewithal to understand where he was in his career. And I'm not, I think I'm correct here. I could be mistaken, though. But wasn't he offered a three-way deal by Daryl Sutter? When uh, when he is still early on in his career, I believe so. Yeah, I, I don't think it was a two way. I think it was a three way deal, and so he took the risk of going to Russia to improve his game, and and that was a really important thing for him to do to understand that you know he was starting to make a mark, but he knew also that. He's not really where he needs to be, and pro- probably wasn't going to be an NHLer in Calgary that year. So I thought that was pretty darn brave, and it tells you a lot about his character. That yeah, I'm willing to go to Russia. It uh, I can't speak for Mark, but I think hockey wise is a really good move. I don't know if living wise was something that he really enjoyed as much, but uh, man, that is something to do to to make that step, and then that was a big part of his improvement. That. Daryl Sutter even credits that move um, as much as I don't think he wanted to lose him, but to go overseas and come back is a different player. Well, and that's, that's the thing about that. It's it's nothing other than betting on
0: yourself. You know, It you're, is. You're going to say, okay, maybe I'm not going to love my my life for the next right? eight months over here, but I'm going to get everything I possibly can right? out of it. You, know, you, you mentioned uh, the pair with him and Brody. Obviously, that was the guy he played along for so long. That was who he was beside when he won his Norris. On one hand, I say... Yes, you know that works. Right. Let's make it easy for Mark when he comes in, sure. put him with the guy. But if you know it works, why do you need to rush to it? I do wonder if there's a world where Sheldon Keefe says, okay, I, I know Brody and, and um, Morgan Riley work together too, but I've split them up as well. I think there's a lot of different ways the the deep pairs can shake out. And I... I Completely see both sides of it. I understand the pair works. Just yeah. put it together. Don't get silly here. But on the other hand, I, I kind of like the idea of experimenting with them apart because you know you can go back to it or at least you assume you can.
3: I'm with you. And also when you head into the playoffs, you know, you hope not, but you hope or you know that there's prob- probably going to be injuries, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you have to make sure that the guys are familiar with each other and that you can sort of interchange who you have on those pairings that they're, they're fairly uh, comfortable.
2: Yeah. So before we talk about the optimism about Jack Campbell, the bounce back, mm-hmm. what, what, what did you see in Peter Mrazek? You know, like about, um, what did you like about Peter Mrazek? And I, I mean, obviously he got hurt, which is odd, but why
3: sure. why did it happen here in your estimation? I thought in watching his last few games that he became impatient. I thought that, uh, you know, he was a little bit too aggressive. Um, and, and when I've been in that situation, when you're trying to, grind away and find your game and and you're you're trying maybe a little bit too hard and so you you really feel that you've got to get on a bit of a run Campbell went uh, what uh, for two weeks with his ribs it was I thought it was going to be a great chance for Peter Morazic to sort of get on a bit of a roll and I kind of thought the pressure of that opportunity might help him Mm. Um, but unfortunately it didn't uh, he's a good goalie, and, uh, you know, I thought there was a stretch there where he is—he was starting to come around, and I didn't expect him to sort of falter when Jack Campbell went down with that injury. I, I just didn't see that. I, I even went on the uh, show for the outdoor game, and I said something like, I think the pressure of this moment will help Peter Mrazek find his game because he's, like all athletes, he's really proud. And I, I thought that that was going to sort of, Get him over to that hump, but it certainly didn't. So when
0: when a when a player like that has the opportunity in front of him and it doesn't work out, and then you you see it go the way it's gone since then for Morazik, sure. Shalgren comes in and yeah. I, I think just buys the team a breath, honestly, yeah, he did. Yeah. More, more than anything. But now he's on waivers. You know who who knows if he gets snapped up? I, I I'd be shocked just because of the contract. But same. How does a player kind of find it when you don't know when your next game action is going to be? Is there anything you can do outside of getting in there and sinking or swimming? and to figure it out like i mean I, so much of the conversations and you would know better than yeah. anybody but for those of us who did not play goalie we go i, I don't know he's gonna go on a run or he's not I, I imagine there has to be things he can do or is it just a matter of they got to give him another chance or maybe it's at the american league level and he's got to play well because that's the only way you can find it wow there's a lot of layers there but <laughs> sorry sorry, <laughs> sorry kelly sorry
3: so i'm thinking you have to sort of just remind yourself to be you. Mm -hmm. So from what I understand from Peter Mrazek, and I think I've only met him once or twice, Mm -hmm. he's a fairly easygoing guy, right? And so he should use that that in his favor. And instead of, as I said, he became impatient in the crease and just sort of remember how he got here. And I think all of us at some point when we sort of question ourselves just a little bit, uh, we sort of revert back to when we were kids and how we usually... Uh, got maybe to the next level or through a period where we weren't playing quite as well. And I I always remember when I would get pulled, uh, and I was, I don't know if uptight would have been the right word, but Mm -hmm. I was certainly a little bit more anxious about my next start because I wanted to prove to the organization that I wasn't going to get pulled in consecutive games. And I don't think I ever was. And I, that was kind of something that I always felt in the back of my mind that I was proud of. Mm. And so when you relate it to Peter Mrazek, I was kind of hoping that he would sort of draw upon those experiences in his previous uh, cities where he would have gone, okay, I remember this real stretch here and maybe I wasn't my best for two or three games. And maybe there was a tiny little bit of doubt in the coaching staff, and I was able to come through it no problem because I I sunk in or whatever you know I dug down and you know whether in his case Ken he just became who he is personality wise and just thought take a deep breath I'm good I know it I'm here they signed me for a reason they know that I'm a good goalie and try and get to that space mentally.
2: Now uh you've been a. Like the last couple of years, in particular, the whole mental health issue—we sure. had, had a great conversation. I, sorry, Gordon, sure I just no. want to jump in there, yeah. Kelly.
0: I have not got a chance to talk to you. I think yeah. the work you have done on that, speaking out—I help myself, help
3: countless yeah. others. So Thank I just want to commend you on that. Thank you for it's that. the greatest work my family and I have ever done. Yeah,
2: no, no, no. It's and and so we had one. We had a you were a guest, and it just went in a great yeah, direction. Awesome. And
3: I appreciated chatting with you after. By about the way, that. can I just interrupt? I had so many people uh, compliment you and I on that segment. So many people, people text me and everything it was really cool. Well, I appreciate
2: you know and it, because like finally and we and it was playing off the Montreal Canadiens talking about somebody new coming in mm-hmm. and the mental health of the organization, you know, so imagine mm-hmm. that Montreal where well, they used to grind
0: you, right? Yeah. You know, just yeah. so, in both languages. So
2: Jack Campbell <laughs> and, and and you're and you're candid that yeah. you broke the hearts of Leaf fans in 93 sure. when you were struggling oh with my gosh. mental health issues oh, while yeah. you're kicking ass in goal. Yeah. So in Jack Campbell's case about um the struggles he's having right now and how you can best go about or he can best go about mm-hmm. from your experience and your insight, you know, finding what he had just a few months ago.
3: Well, um, I think, and I don't know Jack Campbell, but I've you know followed him closely since his time here. And I, I, I have talked to people when he was in LA's organization and the hard work he's put into becoming a fantastic goaltender and mentally realizing how difficult this uh, job is and to sort of be kinder to himself and I know Jack has talked about it, and I'm, I'm grateful that he's sort of understanding that, you know, you can't continually bash yourself. And mm. you've got to really enjoy the moment. And, and, Jack, it's hard to reflect when you're in the moment. I, I do understand that. You know, there, I, I doubt there are many times during the course of a season I'd look back on my uh, my October, November and go, wow, Kelly, were you ever good? <laughs> you know, that, that doesn't really happen. But when you're in a moment of crisis – I think that is important, and, you know, it was interesting, Gord, because it it wasn't until many years later, after my experience in 92, 93, did I actually realize that I had mental health issues. I I had no idea what I was going through, and of course, we weren't talking about it back then. So, uh, it was kind of freeing, if that makes sense, to start talking about it. And our daughter, Caitlin, gave me so much strength, because she's been so vocal about her struggles. So... I think in sports, it's a really good thing if we sort of look into it. And why is a player, why, why can Jack Campbell be maybe the best goalie in the league for three months, and then it's hard to stop the puck? And there's got to be a reason, because it's not physical. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's number one for me, that I'm really cheering for him. I really hope that he finds that place again, where he's really uh, proud of himself, happy, and just a little bit carefree, and just go out and play, because he can.
0: Yeah, and that, that's exactly it. And, you know, thankfully for him, I, I don't think the market is added to any of this. I think if anything, especially in a pressure cooker like Toronto, the the fan base, despite the way his play went, they always had his back. It was Peter Morazic that they turned on. Yeah. It was always, we we have your back, Campbell. And that's the thing that I, I do think will, I don't think it's going to be the only thing. Of course, mm-hmm. he's doing work and all yeah. of that to help yeah. pull him out of it. Yeah. But I think the fact that whenever he comes back, be it a week from now, be it a month from now, that first little kick save in the first period, sure. place is going to be good. Going bananas, and I, I just have to imagine that that has to help a guy like that.
3: One hundred percent, and I do feel like uh, the fan base here—they really like Jack Campbell for good reason. They'll right? turn like, on guys, but not him. They, yeah, he seems like a really endearing and likable person, right? And so there's, you know, part of that is also the reason why I'm really cheering for him. And and typically, I I don't really cheer for players or you know or root against them. It's just not my nature, um, but there are certain people that you really feel for. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, the Calgary Flames, the Toronto Maple Leafs last year are supposed to be way above all the other Canadian-based yeah, teams, right? Yeah. In the Scotia North Division and, of course, Montreal end up getting out of it. As we know, Calgary and Vancouver had that ridiculous play, playing out regular season games when the playoffs started. Like, what is the deal with Calgary
3: this year? And, you know, where do you put them as far as playoff potential goes? They're a very good team. And I can tell you that, because i cover them so often i don't think they're exceeding expectations i think they're only meeting them in my opinion i thought that they so badly underachieved last year that and that was on them personally that was it had nothing to do with any anything else you know maybe COVID had something to do with it um like other teams have talked about but i just think right now their expectations for themselves uh Collectively and individually, they they have a higher standard in which they feel they can play at. And it's very simple. Like They get off to a really good start. I've lost track. I don't have my numbers with me, but how many times they score the games for a school. And then when you play such good defensive hockey, it's hard for the other team to come back. So they are, they are a tremendous team. I, I don't know if you watched the Buffalo game on Friday and then the Vancouver game on Saturday. But that Vancouver game where Calgary just dominated. Now, yeah. Vancouver weren't at their best, especially in the first, but that was a really great performance by Calgary.
0: No, the ice was, it was
3: absolutely tilted in
0: that, in that yeah. Vancouver game you, you mentioned there. You know, I think the other thing, the Flames, nor- normally this is a negative when we talk about it, but I think the thing they have going for them is that, This is not a group that's going to be blowing up by any means, but it could all end at the end of this season. Johnny Goudreau, free agent. We know Matthew Kachuk has the qualifying offer looming a year from now. I think the fact that it creates that urgency of, and I I don't, I highly doubt the players are sitting around saying this, but you look here in Toronto, everybody's locked up. Everybody's here for And it's starting to wind down, but for the foreseeable future. The Flames can't sit in the room and say that Kachuk could be gone, you know, eighteen months from now. Goudreau could be gone in three, yeah. and I feel like half having to take advantage of this year kind of forces everybody's hand just that little bit more. What do you make of that?
3: Uh, I agree with that theory. I've always always been of the mindset though that um, you should never be comfortable as a player, mm-hmm. and you should always expect <laughs> it's a good day to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. You should. And Gord, you know this as being a former GM. Um, when you don't have success, there has to be changes. There just mm-hmm. just has to be the way. You you know you can't just keep throwing out the same guys and hoping that they ultimately learn how to win together and everything's rosy. If if you don't win, you have to make changes. I don't know how big, but they have to be made, mm-hmm. and and that sort of keeps the players honest. So goaltending, not a lot of trade deadline goaltending deals, but
2: Mark Andre Fleury to Minnesota, mm-hmm. which up till ten days ago. People were thinking about other potential destinations. So, I mean, how much of a difference he's going to make against the team? You talk about an urgency because they're going to take a big kick next year with the Parise and
3: Suter-Kapitz really kicking in. Okay, so here's how my brain thinks. Uh, once again, as messed up as it can be. <laughs> so You don't fir- want to know what's going on up here. So I'm <laughs> sure yours running, would be no. like a tropical island compared to what's going on up here, Kelly. I like your honesty, Brent. <laughs> so, um, I, First thing I thought of is uh, poor Cam Talbot. So yeah. here's a guy that, you know, he thinks he's uh, a number one. He was in the All-Star game what a month and a half ago and maybe he hasn't played quite as well. But all of a sudden you, you go from, oh, darn it, I've just lost my job. And now he's got to play tonight from what I understand. And uh, so that's the personal side of it. Now, the good part of of it for Minnesota fans, if Marc-Andre Fleury is going there and he's going to waive his no trade, that must mean that he really thinks the team's great and has potential to go somewhere. And I would agree with that too. Uh, The uh, Middleton trade's good, but Delorier, to me, that's a big pickup. That guy... If you never really focus on him, he's uh, he's a gamer. Um, much to, I think, a lot of people's surprise, he's a fantastic penalty killer and one of the toughest guys in the in the game. Oh,
0: I think there's a lot of people that would have, you know, and and again, you know, every team's interested in a player like that. But man, yep. uh, the people here in Toronto, they have been clamoring for that guy, oh, pretty much my entire life. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't mean, know that. You've never heard that before, no, eh? No,
3: I, uh, I, but I live out west. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, in terms of the, uh,
0: you know, you know, in terms of flurry there, uh, from from us, we always think, ooh, goaltender, new team, that's odd. Is it that odd, changing the structure? Like, we know, obviously, there's a little bit of communication. Well, not a little bit, a lot of bit of communication of that it. goes on, especially with defensemen and coming back 100%. and stopping pucks. How how big a change is that going to be, one, for flurry, and then the 18 guys that are going to be playing for Minnesota any given night?
3: Yeah, it's it's all there. Surprisingly, one of the hardest things is learning – how to set up the puck behind the net for your defenseman. Mm-hmm. And they all want it in a different spot, it right. seems. Like how I handled the puck to uh, uh, Dennis Potvin or to Charlie Huddy or Paul Coffey or Marty McSorley, it's it's always different. And uh, so it takes a little bit of time, a little bit of communication to learn that. Um, the, the other stuff that happens in front of you, stopping pucks, generally isn't as difficult as you would expect. You know, maybe a couple little nuances by certain players and and so on, but system wise, at least for me, I and I moved twice. I was traded mm-hmm. once and signed as a free agent. I didn't find that as difficult as getting used to my own defensemen and where they wanted the puck put usually behind the net.
2: Hey, the other Alberta team, like Miko Koskin, if you go by press clippings, yeah. Um, his goals against average should be 12.75 or something. <laughs> and st- not, no, Gord, that was me. Oh, so, so, yeah. <laughs> but, but his stats aren't all that bad, you know. And uh, so I don't know what the Oilers are. I, I take it they're not going to make a goaltending move. Right. I mean, Mike Smith even getting booed that time. Right. Uh, that's, that's a funny team with those two great players. And you played on a great Islander team. You yeah. played with Gretzky, you yeah. know. And uh, you can't do it alone, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, I, I I I don't know if they could surprise in the playoffs or not, or is the foundation's not there? Is the is the goaltending now good enough? Uh, they're a puzzling team.
3: They are a puzzling team. Uh, I'll first I'll focus on Koskinen. He is a really good NHL goaltender. I don't know why he you know he has sort of that reputation that he's not, and he's one of the big problems. His issue to me is if he if he's overworked then that affects him. That, that's hard. Some goalies can be, uh, can play a ton like a Marc-Andre Fleury, and he has the, the mindset and the body that he can handle it. And so when, he, when he's asked to play a ton, you know, there's not much drop-off, if any. Koskinen and I found that it, it just does get the best of him. And, and uh, when he's not overworked, he's an excellent goaltender. I'm not going to tell you that he's a clear-cut number one, mm-hmm. but he's a really good goalie. Mike Smith, I found that, uh, and I said that I have to be careful because I said this the previous year. I thought that Mike was starting to show his age, and then he had a fabulous run in, at, at the end. So maybe he'll do that. Um, but I personally, my feeling is they need more help on the back end. Getting Kulak will really help. He's uh, you know moves the puck really well, skates really well. He cares. He's a he's a good person, so he's going to help. In uh, the back end,
0: well, and I feel like a move on on that as well is just kind of a, a little wink and nod to the core of that team. Like, hey, we may not make the big big splash today, but we're not sitting on our hands, right. kind of kind of doing nothing there. I like the point you make about Koskinen in terms of he can be the, he can be a good goalie for he you can. in the right situation. And it's funny we think about that with players, and it's never a knock if a guy needs to play with a setup man or he needs to play with a power forward. Or right. you know, we talk about T.J. Brody; he's like the he's the blanky for every D on the Leafs team because yep. everybody looks better with him and that's not a knock on those players, but sure. it is funny with goaltending. If a guy can't carry the mail, we see it as you know a, a, a fault, and I guess, yeah, okay, you're not a, one, a true, true number one, but I think there's nothing wrong with finding a guy who can be put in a situation as long as you give him the other half of that
3: equation. 100%. I mean, and that's the same as skaters, right? There are a lot of guys that you maybe draft them and you think uh, he's a top six, but unfortunately he's not, but he's still a super valuable, valuable guy, maybe number nine or ten skater on your team, and and you know you make that adjustment. I think that for a guy like I think I'm going to say something. I hope this doesn't come back to haunt me, but never uh, would, right? No. Yeah, <laughs> Koskinen. I really found that Dave Tippett at the time became frustrated with him when Koskinen was struggling a little bit, and I don't think Tippett helped him. I think it was in New York City where yeah. Koskinen gave yep. the puck away, and then Dave Tippett I thought really threw him under the bus because what had Koskinen went on finished radio, I think, the next day and said, yeah, okay, he throws me under the bus where we scored seven goals in my last six starts. (laughs) I mean, and I agreed with that, and I I think it would have been really difficult for Kostin to regain his form if that coach was there because it seemed like it got a little personal to me.
2: Game seven tonight,
3: you could pick any goaltender, active goaltender in NHL to start. Who would it be? Game seven, any goaltender. Active, cannot take yourself. Can't do it. (laughs) Vasilevsky. He's, he's just, there are a lot of really good ones, like a lot of really good ones, but he's the guy that stands out for me. Uh, Markstrom's up in that. Uh, There's, there's 10 guys I I just really greatly admire.
0: Yeah, I feel for those guys, because for me, a couple of those guys are sitting outside. Well, I mean, potentially with the Ducks. Gibson and Hellubuck with Winnipeg. I mean, I I put those guys maybe not quite up at the
3: absolute top of the list, but they're kind of right there for me. Interesting. Yeah, Hellubuck has been overplayed. I don't think there's any question for the last uh, two years. John Gibson, though, he is a special talent, but there's something going on with, I don't know what, he... If you look at his last three years, he has a fantastic start to the year. He's Mm -hmm. like at at the very top of the heap. And then the second half, his game starts to slide. Now, Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's related to the team has maybe done the same thing. But there's something there. I'd like to really sort of flesh it out a little bit more because it seems odd that you're that darn good for Mm -hmm. that long. And then it's not just one year. It's like a pattern starting. So... I'd like to keep uh, my eye on that, and I was actually kind of surprised. Somebody told me that he might be on the market, or maybe this summer. So there might be truth to that. Then, if if John Gibson is on the
0: market, I would imagine there are a ton, a, a ton of teams, teams that would be calling, interested. Right? Uh, Kelly, we were very interested in having you in here today. We are now going to Thanks, free man. you from oh, our radio wow. sweat lodge. I mean, I, you've done your time. Yeah. Trust done, me. You've done your time. Hey, just as he's finishing, a guy came in and checked the heat. Well, no, so he know, here's fix. the thing. Here's the thing. We just love Kelly's going. Here's the thing. We love Neil. Who came in, he fixes everything around here, but he did the exact same thing I did. He just jiggled it and then walked out of the room, yeah, and it's still it's still a
3: well, 1,000 degrees well, we in tried. here. we I was tried. tried. I was going to go back to the hotel and have a sauna before you I went to the airport, but I don't need to anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I can just go right to the airport from here, yeah, and I'll be good right. to go. Come
0: back. Hang out with us. Uh, Kelly Rudy, there he is. Uh, friends, love, love, love getting you Thanks, on. Guys. Uh, the Thanks. guests My keep pleasure. on coming. Jamal Mayers coming oh, nice. up next here. NHL yeah, trade DJ no right? No PJ okay, stock. He has been banned.
3: Hey, you've got to check out Jamal Jamal's shoes, they look brand okay. new. They are sparkling. Okay, okay. there we, we
0: go. We will describe the sparkly <laughs> shoes coming up next. Busy, busy day. It's trade deadline day here on Sportsnet 590 The Fan.